Welcome to Time to Pray on Thursday the 9th of April, Maundy Thursday. Let us pray. Calm me, O Lord, as you stilled the storm. Still me, O Lord, keep me from harm. Let all the tumult within me cease. Enfold me, Lord, in your peace. Amen. Our reading is from Luke 23. We're going to begin at verse 26 and read through to 31. I'm going to read this from uh, Tom Wright's For Everyone. As they led Jesus away, they grabbed a man from Cyrene called Simon, who was coming into the city from outside, and they forced him to carry the crossbeam behind Jesus. A great crowd of the people followed Jesus, including women who were mourning and wailing for him. Jesus turned and spoke to them. Daughters of Jerusalem, he said, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves instead. Cry for your children. Listen, the time is coming when you will say, a blessing on the barren, a blessing on wombs that never bore children and breasts that never nursed them. At that time, people will start to say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. Yes, if this is what they do with the green tree, what will happen to the dry one? A moment to read it through yourself to imagine, if you like, the scene of Jesus walking uh, through the streets of Jerusalem, approaching the gates, people on either side, uh, Simon being drawn in, the crowd following him, women at the front crying for him. Imagine it in your mind's eye. This was not how it was to be. At least I suspect that's how Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, must have felt. We know that she's in the crowd somewhere because shortly she will appear at the foot of the cross. Uh, often I think she's probably linked with the daughters of Jerusalem, as is a more fun fanciful figure, Veronica. But here in this little passage we've got one man and a group of women both kind of engaged with Jesus in surprising ways. First of all, Simon is surprised because he was coming into the city from outside. Uh, perhaps he was one of the people who'd been staying outside on the hillside, coming in to celebrate um, in the city itself. We don't know. But he is press-ganged, as we would say, to carry the crossbeam for Jesus. I used to think it was a sign of Jesus' kind of weakness. 
that he couldn't carry his own crossbeam. That's before I thought seriously about how muscly a carpenter must be and reflected on the terrible torture that Jesus has endured. So it was just a sign of his true humanity that he could not carry uh, some supernatural, in a supernatural way, his crossbeam. Um, Jesus, like all the prisoners, could have been executed in the garrison, but he is going to be executed outside, having been publicly marched through in shame and disgrace. This is a deterrent as much as a punishment for the one, as a, a deterrent to the many. But anyway, Simon is dragged in and he's forced to carry the crossbeam behind Jesus. That's all we know about him from Luke's Gospel. Uh, Mark tells us that he is the father of Alexander and Rufus, as if we might not know who Simon was, but we would certainly know who Alexander and Rufus is, which has led people, and myself would be included, to think that at some level Simon was changed, to the extent that his sons are inclined to become followers of Jesus, if not Simon himself. But perhaps Simon himself was a follower of Jesus after what he saw. So someone going the other way is drawn into the orbit of Jesus. On the other hand, we have women uh, crying for Jesus. Uh, I imagine uh, that there's some element of mass hysteria, perhaps. But nevertheless, there's probably people who knew Jesus uh, and have been caught up in his movement and now are desolate that he is going to be killed. And Jesus, we might say, turns on them. That's probably not the right way of phrasing it, but that's how Tom writes with it. Jesus turned and says, don't cry for me, cry for yourselves and any children you might have. And he talks perhaps mostly in terms of a military disaster that's coming, a great calamity that's about to befall them. And if this is what happens when the tree is green, when things are quite not, are not ripe, how will they be when the political situation is difficult, more difficult, when this wood is dry, so to speak? But that's not really why I think this passage is here. It's here to offer a counterpoint to Simon. Simon, who's going all the way and was drawn inside. These women who are going along with Jesus, they're following him after all, but they need to weep for themselves before they weep for Christ. And that gives us some pause for thought as we move into, particularly tomorrow, Good Friday, a time when we're, we would say, sympathetic. We feel the pathetic nature of Jesus' death. We sympathise, we feel. Uh, uh, and this little passage says, uh, it's, you should be sorry for yourself, not for Jesus, first of all. You should be sorry for yourself that you are caught up in this. In some way, as we would say, as people caught up in faith, that something is happening here to Jesus that by right should happen to us. That if Jesus didn't carry our cross, then we would have to carry it for ourselves. And that since Simon is a type of Jesus, strangely, that Simon carries the cross for Jesus in the way that Jesus carries our cross, our sin. Father, as people in the orbit of Jesus, help us to appreciate what he does tomorrow, what a Good Friday on the cross is done for us. 
and that we have to enter into that through the gate of tears for ourselves, the poverty of our spirit and our great need of the one who gives himself for us. Amen. Let us pray together. Teach us, good Lord, to serve thee as thou deservest, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labour and not to ask for any reward, save that of knowing that we do thy will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.